Well, Northside family, good to be with you today. And can we just thank God one more time for just that incredible moment to see Tony's life change. You know, that's what's phenomenal about gathering as a church and getting to see stories like that. And to know, I, I love, uh, one, if you don't know Bruce Cutter, he's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. And uh, this is what the church is. It's just made up of people like you and me and Bruce and Tony and different folks who are trying to figure out life and trying to, to understand why God created us. And we find what our life is all about in Jesus. And I want to remind you next weekend, we're going to do a baptism weekend. And I want to encourage you, if you've not taken that step, like Tony just took to say, God, I trust you to be my savior. I trust you to be the Lord of my life. I want to invite you to go to our website. You can go to mynorthside.info, get all the information there. Uh, but we love seeing this. And this is why we're doing this series called Down to Earth. Because Jesus stepped down into earth to give us hope and light in our darkness. And we in this kind of what Christmas season is called the Advent season where the followers of God, his people were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the light, for the revelation of the world, for the fulfillment of Israel to come into the world. And then here was the thing, they all missed it because the way that Jesus came was not the way that they thought he was going to come into the world. And I love this about Jesus. Jesus is a down to earth kind of guy. And isn't that how we love our friends to be? Yeah, I've never, I've never met somebody who's like, you know what I like about my friends? That they're fake. And I love, you know, I love pretentious people, right? I love people that put on a, a facade and they put on a mask and they, and they stab me in the back. That's what I'm looking for in a best friend, right? We don't hear that. What we love is this. Man, we say something like this. I love a friend who's going to tell me the truth. Man, I want a friend who's got my back. I want a friend who's with me in the thick and the thin. And this is who we find in Jesus a savior who's come down to earth and he came down in the midst of Israel's waiting. And here's the good news. He gives us his light, his hope, his joy in the midst of our waiting as we wait for his return to earth. And this is what it means to be the church that God says Jesus has come down to earth. And now as the church, our calling, your calling, my calling is to be down to earth Christians, down to earth in the mess in the muck of people's life, walking with people when things get messy, giving them hope. That's what this whole Christmas season is about, is that God is saying, I'm with you even when it feels like you're all alone. I want to invite you this Christmas season to be thinking and praying about people who you can invite to one of our Christmas Eve services or maybe this Christmas series because we know I've got people who I know, man, right now it is just a dark time in their life. And, and I want to remind you just kind of how we're going to do Christmas Eve here a little bit different this year. We're going to, I'm going to preach this series. It's going to be a three-week long series. And then we're going to do a unique Christmas Eve service. So it's not going to be like any of the weekend services. And it's going to be on December 23rd at 5 and 7 and then December 24th at 3, 5, and 7. And uh, we want to invite you to those. Make sure you're thinking and praying about people you can invite to that. And then because of the way the week falls, we're going to give all of our staff and volunteers on the 25th and 26th, our services are just going to be online that weekend because I know the staff's going to be laying it on the line that week. And I just want to remind you about that. But this whole month, what we're going to be talking about is a down-to-earth Savior. And how is it that you and I can live as down-to-earth people? I know for some of us, this is what we think about with Jesus. We go, I, I, Nate, I love the idea that Jesus is down to earth, but we struggle with it. 
And we struggle with this sometimes because uh, just maybe, maybe what you've been taught growing up is this, you know, that Jesus is the big man upstairs and he's up there, he's not down here. And oftentimes, even when we become Christians, that's how we live. God is up there, I'm down here, and at the end of my life, I'm going to turn into my report card and hopefully I pass. But that's not the gospel. See, the good news of Christmas is this. Jesus isn't waiting for your report card. He knows your grades, right? He, he knows my grades. And he's like, Nate, you're in trouble, my man. I got to tell you right now, you are not passing the test. And what he says is this, Nate, I'm not waiting for you to turn in your report card. I'm coming down to you so that you can experience life as God created in the grace of me. This is what it looks like. And I love one of my favorite stories about somebody being down to earth as we long for this idea for Jesus to be down to earth. And we want to answer the question today, what does it look like for you and I to be down to earth people, to be down to earth Christians in this world, not to pull back from the world, not to wash our hands from the world, but to be people who are down to earth. I remember in 1991, my family and I, we were living in Bloomington, Indiana. And as a boy who was in fourth grade, uh, you know, IU got in my veins, right? Because it's been a long decade, right? We've had a dark decade, right? And, uh, you know, we're, we're coming back. And, but here's the thing. I remember that was when IU was great and Bobby Knight was there. And all of us in fourth grade thought we were going to grow up to play for Bobby Knight. You know, all 7,000 of us fourth graders, right? We're going to make the team. And, and my dad was at Bob Evans one morning. And sure enough, right in front of him, you know, at Bob Evans, you got to go to the checkout to pay. Sure enough, right in front of him was Bobby Knight. And he had this orange hunter's hat on. He didn't want anybody to know who he was. And after he paid, my dad said, uh, Coach Knight, well, I wish I had something for you to sign, uh, but, but I don't. Coach Knight looked at him. Didn't say a word, just walked away. And dad was like, yep, yep, yep that, that kind of makes sense. That, that, that's probably who we thought he was. Dad pays. As soon as he turns around after he's done paying, dad goes to walk out, standing right there as Coach Knight. Came back in, he goes, who do I make this out to? There, and it was a Big Ten envelope. I don't know if he got fined or something. They wrote him a letter, you know, whatever, whatever it was. But there it was, a Big Ten letterhead envelope. And right there to Nathan, Coach Knight, he gave an autograph right there. And it was this idea that, we long for the idea that sometimes our heroes, we would want them to be down-to-earth people, but sometimes they're not. And sometimes we get disappointed in people in our life because we would hope that they would be down-to-earth, and they're not. And what I want us to do today and next weekend is this. I want us to look at two down-to-earth moments of Jesus, and for us this Christmas season, to see Jesus for who he really is, a down-to-earth Savior who meets us right where we are, it says, I want to do a good work in you. This is the light. This is the hope of the gospel that in our darkness, God is meeting with us right here and now. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to look in Luke chapter 18. If you got your Bible, I want to encourage you to open there or it'll be up on the screen. And next week, we're going to look at the famous story in Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus. For some of you, you know the story. I grew up always hearing the song in church. You know, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a wee little man was he. One day he climbed up. Anybody remember? 
sycamore tree, right, you know, I never knew what a sycamore tree was, and, and I went, wow, and then I hear the story, we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus next week, and he had a little man complex, I don't know if he had jacked up his chariot and he had big tires on it or whatever it was, you know, but he had all these things going on in his life, and God meets him right there in his insecurities, and he changes his life, but here's what I want to look at today, right before Zacchaeus, well, a lot of times we go right there, and we miss the story right before. We miss this down-to-earth moment of Jesus. That actually what we're going to find today, there, there's something that this man says that is only recorded in the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Mark. It's this moment where Jesus is down-to-earth. And here's the thing. Nobody saw it. The crowd didn't see it. They didn't expect it. Because they missed how down-to-earth Jesus was. You need to know today, you have a Savior who came to this earth, who is with us now, and he meets us right where we are. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter 18, verse 35 through 43. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And when he heard the crowd going by, he asked, what was happening? They told him, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth is passing by. And he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. And when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Now, come on, really? Right? Jesus, a blind man's brought to you, and you ask the question, what do you want me to do for you? We're going to find out why he asked that question here in a little bit. Lord, I want to see, he replied. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight, for your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And then listen to this line. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. What's amazing is this, there's this story right before you get to get to Zacchaeus that the whole crowd didn't see how down to earth Jesus really is and was that day. And this is what we need to understand about who Jesus is in this down to earth mentality that you and I are to have as Christians is this, is that Jesus, this is the good news of Jesus, Jesus meets us right where we are. Jesus isn't waiting to meet you where you want to be. He isn't waiting to meet you when you have your life together. Jesus meets you in the most incomplete, messed up moments of our life. Too many times, this is what we battle with, is this thought that God probably wants nothing to do with us. That's what the crowd thought in that moment. God probably doesn't want to have anything to do with the blind beggar. Isn't it interesting that the passage says this, that those who led the way the leaders of this crowd, the people who thought they knew Jesus the best, thought he had no time for blind beggars. Isn't it interesting that those who could see were blind and the man who was blind could see Jesus? See, this is why we have to see Jesus in the season. Oftentimes, he's not who we expect him to be. Jesus doesn't have time for me, says you or says Jesus? Says the crowd or says Jesus? See, Jesus always has time for those who nobody else has time for. 
What a good and holy mark that would be for the church that you and I are known as down-to-earth people, that when everybody else has written them off, we have time for them. See, Jesus saw the crowd, but more than just seeing the crowd, he saw the concerns. One of my favorite stories about one of our leaders here at Northside is this. Uh, I asked one of the, 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 uh, the leaders, she's on our prayer team and on our baptism team. She does baptisms and prays with people after the service. And one day I asked her, I said, how'd you get on the team? What, you know, what, what, what good work was God doing in your life? And what made you want to be on the team? And she says, I'm on the team by accident. And I'm like, well, are you a Christian, right? We want to make sure, you know, like you actually know Jesus before you're praying with people. And uh, she said, well, well, here's how it happened. She said, you know, before COVID and everything happened, she said, what, what we did was we had section host. And the section host was, you know, after service, instead of trying to have everybody make their way over to the cross, because sometimes there's a crowd and it's hard to cross over the crowd. We just asked people if they wanted prayer to just sit right where they are and we would come pray with you. And she said, one day, I remember you guys said that. And she said, a bunch of people stayed to pray. And she said, I looked around and I saw all the staff and volunteers were praying with people. And then this person was sitting in front of me and nobody was praying with them. And she said, I sat there and I waited. I was looking around like, somebody better come and pray with them. They need prayer. Somebody better do their job around here. Right? They ain't doing their job. She said, and I kept looking around and all the staff and volunteers were praying with. And she said, this is what I realized. Nobody was going to pray with this person. She said, when I realized it, she said, I went over and I just asked, do you need prayer? The person said, yes, I do. Just right there after service. It's actually right over here. They just sat there and prayed together and unpacked their life together. She said, that's how I got on the team. I'm like, that's a good story right there. That's the movement of God right there, right? And here's why. Because oftentimes, we feel like we're not qualified to pray with anybody. But yet, see, that's the power of Jesus. Jesus is the one who's inviting you and I, who sees you and I on the road, that sometimes all of us in this place, we may not physically be blind, but you and I carry spiritual blind spots in our life places in our life that we feel like God doesn't want to do anything in our life or God couldn't use me in this way or I'm not at. Can I just let you know the church thrives on the fringes? See, the church isn't waiting to get into power. The church is just simply waiting to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, this is the movement of Jesus that he says, wait for my Holy Spirit and then you're going to go make disciples of all nations baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. See, Jesus was always pouring in his spirit so you and I would be down-to-earth people, meeting people right where they are. One of the things that, you know, in the midst of the pandemic this last year, we went, God, we got to keep meeting people where they are, but help us, God. We don't know how to do it. A lot of times we get to meet people where they are, you know, here in the room, meeting over at the cross or in the lobby. Or if you're online, we got people who want to chat with you. And what happened during the pandemic is we couldn't be near each other. And we said, that's not okay. As the church, we always need to be down to earth. We always need to be rubbing shoulders with people. That's what Jesus came to do. And one of our staff members came up with this great idea. They said, what if we, gave, what if we came up with this groups that serve mentality? They said, we can't go on trips and we can't do that stuff. So what if we used our outreach money? And what if we gave gift cards to our life group leaders so that the life groups could go meet the needs in the community right where they are? 
And this last year started a whole new initiative that we're doing called Groups That Serve. What's incredible is this, this year we had 140 life groups sign up, each of them got a $500 Visa gift card, and this is what they were commissioned to do, go pray and ask the Spirit to reveal places for you to go minister down to earth. Our life group did this. It was amazing, we got together as a life group, we prayed about it, we said, God, would you open a door? God, would you put somebody in our path? And what was amazing is this, there was somebody that came up, and I won't go into too much detail, there was somebody that came up in the life of our life group, that they have a loved one who's about ready to pass away. And we stepped up and we just said, hey, God put you on our heart. Here's what we wanna do. We just wanna walk with you. We love you. The Lord knows you. He's near. Psalm 18:34. the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so as a church, we just wanna be near. And they wrote back this. They just said, you have no idea what this meant in our dark time. Down to earth. That's what it means to be the church. That the spirit when we become followers of Jesus, we see those who are on the fringes. We have time for those that people are neglecting and kicking to the side. Some of us go, Nate, that sounds awesome, but I don't even know where to begin on that. This is what I love about this text. It's simply this. Some of us today, we're going, I, I want to start that relationship or I want to live down to earth. I just, man, I, I don't, I haven't, I haven't, Nate, I haven't even read the Bible. Let's be honest, Nate, I don't even have a Bible, right? You know, it's like some of us, we could be that real. We're like, Nate, I love this idea, but I don't even know where to begin. Here's what this passage tells us. This is the good news of a down-to-earth Savior in Jesus, that faith always stops Jesus in his tracks. Faith always stops Jesus in his tracks. When you and I cry out to Jesus, he always hears us. This is the good news of Jesus. This is what happens in this man. He says, this, he just simply says this word, these words, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Here's what's interesting about this passage. That phrase, son of David, was what people would use to declare kingship, lordship. And it's the only time that it's used in the book of Luke and in the book of Mark when it tells this story. Meaning this. Nobody else used that phrase with Jesus in those gospels because people missed how down to earth Jesus was. But this blind man says, Jesus, you're the son of David. He can't even see him face to face. He just knows, Jesus, you're the son of David. You're the king. You're the one who's come to fulfill this. You're the one who's come to save me. And this is what faith looks like. Faith looks like you and I putting all of our hope and trust in him. In Mark chapter 10, when it records the story of this blind man that encountered Jesus, this is what it says in Mark chapter 10, verse 49 through 50. It said, Jesus stopped and said to the man, call him. This is what I love about Jesus. The whole crowd is shooing this guy away and Jesus goes, time out, call him. You imagine what that moment was like? Now, we know what it's like to be called to the principal's office. At least I do, right? You know, and it's like, you know, that's like, that's not always the best move. That's not what you want. And this moment, Jesus says, time out. You call that man. I heard that man call me son of David. I got time for him. So Jesus stopped. Call him. And then it said this. So they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. And then listen what he did. Throwing his cloak Aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. 
Mark records a detail here that tells us what faith looks like. You know what faith looks like? Faith looks like you and I taking our cloaks and throwing them aside. Now, I know not all of you brought your cloak here today to church, right? You're like, yes, what does that mean? I don't know what you're saying right now. Here's what the cloak meant for this man. A cloak was your outer garment. And for this man in his outer garment, guess what he carried? He carried all of his money, probably his food for the day, and all of his valuable possessions. And what he did was this. When Jesus called him, this is what he did. He threw his cloak aside. You know what faith is? Faith is you and I putting aside everything that we've put all of our ultimate trust in our life to save us and say, Jesus, I'm putting that aside and I'm trusting you with my life. See, that's what it means to become a follower of Jesus. It's not your performance. It's not my performance. It is his grace and his mercy. And this is what this blind man sees. He just simply takes his cloak and he puts it aside. And he goes, Jesus, I'm coming to you. And Jesus, this is the way things begin to work. And then this is what I I just, this is how down to earth Jesus is. The man runs to him and then Jesus says this question, what do you want me to do for you? And in that moment, you're like, come on, Jesus, you're asking a blind man what what he wants you to do for him. You know why Jesus asked that question? Because he cares about our hearts. He has time to hear the deepest desire that you have inside of your soul. This is how down to earth Jesus is. Matter of fact, one of the greatest prayers that you and I could pray is that prayer of just telling Jesus what you need him to do for you. Matter of fact, this season, let me just ask you, just, just, just right where you are, maybe you've never connected this thought with the fact that Jesus would actually want to hear what's on your heart, but in this season, in this Christmas season, for a moment, be honest with yourself and be honest with Jesus. What do you need him to do for you? You need him to give you peace in this season that there is no peace? You need him to reconcile a relationship this season that you go, it is broken beyond our repair. God, I can't fix it. They can't fix it. God, this is what I need you to do. I was listening to a a pastor's podcast this last week, and I just love it. I love learning from other people who are smarter than me and way down the road and further along than me. And this is what this this pastor said. He said, we know in, in the world right now, we've gone through this last season about the great resignation, meaning this, in all organizations, people, the turnover on staff has been about 40% everywhere you look. Every industry is battling this. This is why restaurants are closing left and right because they can't get people to work and things are going on and everything's happening. And he said this, pastor, and this is what was so good, is he said this, he said, we've, he goes, we've been leaving, he said, we're leaving this season of the great resignation. And then he said this, and we're entering in the season of the great exhaustion. And he said, our souls, what we've just gone through, will need more than what we realize. What do you need Jesus to do for you in this season?
See, this is how down to earth Jesus is. We look at that question and I'm like, really, McFly? Come on, man, right? Like, you know, like, come on, Jesus, of course he wants you to heal him. He wants to know what's going on in this man's life because I guarantee you this. When was the last time you think somebody asked that man that question? What do you need? No, the only thing the crowd said to him was this, shut up. That was it. Well, that's my interpretation of the word quiet, right? He said they rebuked him. Get out of the way. He doesn't want anything to do with you. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? We have a Savior who is unlike any other Savior in the world. Matter of fact, in this story in Matthew chapter 20, verse 34, Matthew records the same story. And then listen what it says on this passage right here. It says this. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 34, it said, Jesus had compassion on them, meaning there was a couple of blind men. And then it said this, and he touched their eyes. Jesus could have just said, you're healed. You know what Jesus does? He doesn't just ask what the man wants him to do, meaning what's going on on the inside. He touches his eyes, meaning this, our Savior wants to get involved in the deepest pain of our life. Jesus isn't afraid of the pain and the darkness that you and I carry. This is why we celebrate him. This is why we have a Savior who enters into our pain. Will you and I let him into our pain this season? And say, Jesus, I need you to do for me what I cannot do on my own. Jesus, I just need you, son of David. That's why next weekend... When we celebrate baptism weekend, that's all we're doing. We're not celebrating people's performance. We're not celebrating people who have it all together. When you get baptized, that's what you're saying. Jesus, I don't have it all together. Thank you for saving me. I'm putting my life into your hands. I'm throwing away all the cloaks. I'm not looking to my bank account to save me. I'm not looking to this relationship to save me with this person, Jesus. I'm looking to you to save me. And out of your saving grace comes everything else that I need in this season till you return. It's amazing is this, in verse 43, it says, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. And when all the people saw it, they also praised God. I wonder this season what you and I need to see differently. I wonder what Jesus is wanting us to see this season differently about himself. I wonder what Jesus is trying to get you and I to see about others differently this season. Because faith doesn't mean you just acknowledge Jesus. Faith means that you and I follow Jesus. When that man got his sight, he didn't just go, great, thank you for the sight. I'll take it from here, Jesus. This is what he said he did. When he got his sight, he began to follow Jesus. He began to follow Jesus in a new way. He began to say, Jesus, I, I'm going after you. I'm not just going to look to the things and everything else the way I want to. Jesus, I'm going to look and follow you. This season, we have a down-to-earth Savior who meets us right where we are. And calls you and I to be a church who meets others right where they are. 
It was cool. In, in two weeks, we're, uh, we're going to have a, one of the greatest preachers I know. His name's Mike Bro. He's going to be preaching here in a couple weeks. And I was chatting with him about the series, and I was telling about what the passage that the Lord put on, on my heart from Luke 18 and Luke 19. And he said, no way. And I'm like, yeah, I know. It's a great passage, right? And he goes, no. He said, my son wrote a children's book. And it's over blind Bartimaeus in Luke 18. And he said, and this is what he wrote about the children's book. He said, the whole story is that blind Bartimaeus doesn't just get a sight from Jesus, but he said, the children's book is this, that blind Bartimaeus was there the night Jesus was born. And he wondered what it would be like if he ever met the Savior. And he said, would you want a copy of that to read in your sermon? I said, I don't know how to end my sermon. Yes, I would. And uh, I, I, I couldn't see how to end it. And the Lord's like, yeah, throw away that cloak because that's not good. I've got something better for you, Nate. And what I want to do is this. I just want to read the words of this. Because oftentimes the story of your life and the story of my life will acknowledge Jesus. But we struggle to actually believe we have a Savior who is down to earth with us. This is how this story goes. It's a book called Light Up the Darkness. This is how it goes. It says, I was just a boy one winter's night beneath my favorite tree. And it was the night of my 12th birthday all alone as I could be. No cards, no cake, no candles, no presents, wrapped for me because no one threw a party for a little boy who couldn't see. I sat there like most night before wishing the darkness would light up for me when in my ear a voice came near and I wondered who could it be. I heard stress in his voice as he pleaded for a room, a place to stay for him, his wife, and the baby in her womb. There's no place for you here. He was told again and once more, those words I'd heard enough myself to not knock on anyone's door. With no place left to go, they shuffled closer to my tree, a family of only two who were soon to become three. His very first cry was sharp and shrill. I could feel the animals scurry. His parents laughed and then they cried and softly whispered, don't you worry. And suddenly the night was gleaming beneath my sightless eyes as if someone chose the brightest star and plucked it right down from the skies. One by one they came to see him, their songs made their way to my tree. They called him names like Lord and Savior, said he'd light up the dark for all to see. I could smell that some were shepherds. I heard voices in the sky singing peace on earth, good will to men, glory to God on high. But soon the singing turned to silence. I was sure that they'd moved on. I hoped he was the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, God's own son. Then the wind blew for a while and the nights fell dark again. 30 years had come and gone since that night beneath my tree traded in my shaded spot for a place by the road to plea. Day after day I sat and hoped the darkness would light up for me when in my ear a crowd came near and I wondered who could it be. 
I heard voices calling Lord and Savior as they sang familiar praises. The lame can walk, the blind now see, and the dead man, this man raises. So with all my might, I called his name, and he took my hand, he noticed me. With just a touch, he lit up the darkness, he opened my eyes so I could see. The little baby born that night, as I listened to his cries, now listened to my humble cry and gave sight to these sightless eyes. That's why they call him light of the world, that night beneath my tree, because he was born to light up the darkness for ones like you and me. We have a savior who's entered in our darkness and is at work in us. And he calls you and I to walk with him and to meet people right where they are. Let me pray for us right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this hidden story, Father, that God, I know I'm guilty of, of Lord passing judgment too quickly on people, or God thinking their stories that you can't redeem. Father, there is no situation that you can't redeem. And so we thank you for being a faithful father, a loving father who gives us Jesus, who is truly our only light sometimes in our darkest moments. Father, I, I pray for those who feel like an outcast today, neglected, all alone. Lord, by your grace and mercy, would you light up the darkness in their life? And Father, we pray this season, with all the plans that we have, God, would you help us to see people as you see them? God, would you give us boldness by the power of your spirit to speak your name, to follow you? Jesus, we have no one like you, and so we proclaim you as Savior and King. Thank you for seeing us right where we are and not leaving us there. And we pray all of this by your name. Everybody said together, amen. May you go and meet people right where they are in Jesus' name. God bless you all. We'll see you next weekend.